Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time with our roundtable and our partner, the Veterans Legislative Voice. December is AIDS Awareness and National Human Rights Month. Today is Saturday, December, 20, December 10th, 2022. We've got our holly out for the holidays. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clayman, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner on the line, Stephanie Collati, U.S. Army Reserve Sergeant First Class and the She's a veteran and founder and creator of the Veterans Legis- Legislative Voice. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm here. <laughs> here, Sean. So we got polyfluoroalkyl substances, PFAS. And yeah. this Thanks. is some legislation, I guess, coming out about this. There's some legislation coming about this that we want to talk about. So first of all, tell us what that stuff is. And then okay. why is it important? Um, so we commonly do call it uh, PFAS. This also includes a wider realm of um, chemicals that kind of go under its umbrella, kind of like how Agent Orange is just the name for all of them because there is actually all rainbows of colors for those agent uh, chemicals, dioxins that were used. And so PFAS is most commonly found in firefighting foam. Uh, to help with fires, electrical, uh, gas, fuel, what have you, when it comes to things on uh, airports and the, uh, the airstrips. So, like, and we're talking you about also, material in fire, like fire retardant material? Is that what we're talking about? No, it's in the firefighting foam. Oh, okay. The chemi- okay. Yeah, <laughs> the chemicals used. Um, they found that the chemicals are resistant to very high heat, grease, oil, moisture, it also has been used on nonstick pans, although it, they have not used them as much anymore. Uh, reason why I use stainless steel and a bunch of other things. Um, and it, they're like forever chemicals. They're always going to be there for like, like diatoxins from Agent Orange. They're always going to be there and they can also accumulate in the body for at least four years. And it can wreck a lot of things in the body. Um, because many people have been developing cancers um, that they believe is connected to PFAS. Hmm. So these are so if you get a Teflon pan or something that has nonstick coating on it for Christmas, you have a gift, and then you have another gift that keeps on giving. And a bad well, one. it's mo- it's mostly when uh, the actual. Uh, outside liner starts to strip. You know how with nonstick pans you get the strip and you get mm-hmm. uh, get it shredding. Yeah. yeah, that's when you throw it away. Um, they use it very less anymore in the nonstick pans. So please don't go crazy, everybody. Yeah, there, is, there <laughs> was like a sort of report pans. study that came out recently that um, they did a test on it. You can look it up online. The Consumer Reports mm-hmm. found they looked at the ma- couple of major brands. They did not test positive for uh, PFAS, but there was a there were a couple of uh, I guess we want to call it traditional looking pans that claim they did not have any PFAS, but they actually found that in some nonstick pans. So you got to be very yep. careful when you're looking at these. It's not like it's just completely eradicated from 
you know, cooking cookware. And like you said, I, I particularly prefer stainless steel myself. That's the exact reason why I stick with stainless steel. Yeah. I mean, I might use a nonstick pans very carefully, but the thing is, is that I, whenever they start to do all the wear and tear, then you throw it away and you get something new. So always do that. And for military people and for veterans, um, firefighting foam is used because military practices all the time. Mm-hmm. And they will practice with the actual um, things they need for exercises, for what may happen. And so there has been practices that they used with the actual firefighting foam, and uh, it can saturate the ground, and then the groundwater goes to the water cisterns that's also collected on military bases, and it could be in the water that people drink, uh, that work on the base, live on the base. So this is not just for military, it's also the families, because many families live on base, or the water can also be very near to civilian populations with their water. So that's been something that's been a topic of uh, concern And since there's been so much that that has already been done for burn pits and Gulf War veterans for those um, toxic exposures, for many, the uh, scope is now turning towards stateside toxic exposures. And PFAS is one of those that's becoming a hot topic right now. Wow. So do you think like Mm -hmm. a lot of of this contaminated water is what really grabs me a lot? Because do you think that the things are leaching into the the groundwater and I'm not too familiar. I've no, I really don't know. I think Fort Jackson had. I remember. It had, I think that's water is piped down. I was in Fort Jackson, but a lot of places we have. A, we have. We've seen this in, in recent in recent uh, months in the news about a lot of places like like Camp Lejeune and so on, where there was contamination in drinking water. We had it here in Illinois and in a veteran's home. Um, yeah. What's what? How does it? What's going on with the water? How is the water getting contaminated? Well, um, a good example would be Red Hill, which is in Hawaii on uh, Oahu, and the families that lived in um, on Pearl Harbor and the surrounding military areas, they were all on one big um, water cistern and uh, water system. And there was still fuel um, storage used in the ground around these waters. And these are storage systems that were built before World War II. And, of wow. course, they're getting old and degrading. And fuel made it into the water there. And a lot of people got sick. A lot of people, because it's, if it's low enough, you, you, can't, you don't tell. You can't tell when there's fuel in it, when it's that low of concentration. But then that builds up. And a lot of children got sick. A lot of families had to deal with a lot of issues. Um, and the biggest scandal about it is that the base commander basically told them, oh, you guys are crazy. There's no uh, contamination of the water. Water's fine where he's at. And um, he got in a lot of trouble. And they even, they've done congressional hearings covering that. And uh, the military has, or the Navy has finally said that they're going to close down the fuel storage because uh, the state and um, Hawaii and Honolulu has been putting their foot down with the military and say, look, you do this or we're not going with any of the other deals that we do with you guys. So oh. that's what they finally came down to doing. What are some of the things people need to know about if they have exposure? Because long-term exposure can lead to a lot of different serious health risks besides cancer. A lot of things that could happen to your body. 
Yes. And so um, it just depends on the type of chemical that you find that's in the water and contamination. Um, I do encourage you can actually go online and search. It's called uh, Consumer Confidence Reports. And you can Google your base or the neighboring base um, and look those up. They even do them for the cities um, a lot of times. And that gives you an idea of what the testing and what may be in your water. Um, You can also get tests. Uh, kits for that. There's been a handful of different um, things that have been popping up with PFAS specifically. Thyroid cancer, bladder, esophageal. Um, There's been I'm trying to remember, there's been no, I'm thinking of the thyroid. There's been other issues that's been going down that way and I believe kidney is the other one Mm -hmm. because it's the water, that's the last place, last organ it goes through. Wow, I haven't um, heard of stuff like for they're saying that even the, the PFAS could even cause you to be um, have a, a weakened immune response or there decreases the effectiveness of a mm-hmm. lot of vaccines. Yes, yeah, I've heard that one too. Um, it, well, it's because if the body's already fighting an infection or, or an allergic attack or things like that, that I know personally. If you have an allergy attack like I do, I usually catch a cold or an infection while I'm trying to fight the allergy attack because it it lowers your immune system. Wow. Yeah. High blood Um, pressure. I mean, you know, things that you may not think about that, you know, a lot of people have high blood pressure, high cholesterol that actually mm -hmm. could be contributing or things that, which when you you look at, and this is a whole nother aside, not to go too off uh, too far on a tangent, but I mean, look at the the history of health in America um, over the last hundred years. We've yeah. we've we're living longer, which is which is good, a good thing. You know, our, our life expectancies are increasing, although uh, since the pandemic they slightly decrease after the pandemic because of you know that throw off the yeah. numbers. But overall, we've been in this tra- trajectory of going up in, in life expectancy. But we're getting these these crazy cancers and weird things. Some of it we we wonder if it's because our technology is just being able to detect these things sooner, um, which is I, helping us live longer. But are some of these things? I, I think it's that one. <laughs> I think it's that one. And I also think it's because uh, more people are seeing the doctor, more mm-hmm. people are be able to get treated thanks to Obamacare and other things. Um, more people are getting more care, and because 100 years ago, only the rich and the upper middle class could see the doctor. Um, you might try to, if your doctor allowed you to, you know, take chickens instead of actual money, you could try that. But um, so the register, so. The data from back then can be skewed. There, there was also not a whole lot of data collection. You know me, I'm the data nerd. And um, so that can skew. Um, there's cancer registrations now that they'll put it on for locations so that they can watch uh, cancer clusters, those type of things. So, yeah, it looks like all the numbers are going up, but I think it's because of screening. They're catching it better and more. And more. I think that's really what, what's going on here. But the second part of that, though, is that we have these, we have longer life expectancy, but we seem to be living sicker. So we have, yeah. you know, widespread obesity. We have widespread, you know, um, yeah. cancers. Like cancer is just a thing that everybody is just, you know, that is exposed to. Everybody everybody has some kind of connection or knows somebody, has a family member or a friend who has died or is has cancer they have to overcome. Would be breast cancer, thyroid cancer, you know, something more serious, like lymphoma. I mean, that's forget about. Uh, so the environment that we live in, we have to be really, really, really careful 
as to what's going into our bodies. And what we're getting more and more information about it, we're finding out that the stuff that we use every day that we don't we take totally for granted can mm-hmm. have can long-term effects on your body. Yeah, and it's so true. And I look back and think, because I, I have lived in right next to Fort Lewis in Washington State, and I had um, taken... I had stepkids, and I've taken my stepkids to the lakes there because there's a lot of beautiful, fun lakes to go to. And I think back, and I'm like, dang, I worry about the PFAS that may be in there and mm-hmm. anything else that may be in there that you just don't know about. And it's kind of scary. It's an Aaron Brockovich kind of situation when you're living this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I had I'd recently lost a friend who... His 29-year veteran, he was about to retire, and he had um, been diagnosed with stage 4 esophageal cancer. He was a burn pits veteran. He was also on many of the bases that I've been on that is suspected to have uh, PFAS contamination, and he was 47. Mm. And it's really hard to uh, watch that happen and then... You feel like it's ticking time, but then you're also like, I need to help, and we need to try to fix this. So then that way, there's not another uh, Sergeant First Class Jason Powell. He actually worked in the in you guys' uh, neighboring area in the Army Reserve Center in Darien. He was the re- retention uh, NCO there, and so uh, it's pretty hard. Mm. But we can't. Wow. We can uh, pivot. We can pivot to Congress uh, yeah, so for the legislative stuff before is, I get emotional. But yeah, but the thing of it is, and I, and I feel for you, and I think it's okay to be emotional. Let it out, man. I mean, it's, I mean, I was. We had a couple of guys, and they were talking about some stuff, and I almost bawled out. To be honest with, you. Lost, mm-hmm. almost lost my military bearings for a second. To be honest with you, but the thing of it mm-hmm. is, is that, and I want to preface this a little bit because you, I already know what the what the what some of the pushback would be to my question. Um, there is there is a, a commercial interest in what's driving a lot of the contaminants that go into our everyday products because not it's not just things that are in our ground or soil or water, but even the products that we buy, like for example, cookware, things along those lines, the toys and all that kind of different things. Um, yep. Businesses and corporations um, have an an incentive to, a, to to an extent, not to say that they're maliciously just looking the other way or being blind, but it's hard sometimes when your bottom line depends on selling a product and you think you have this wonder product that might be using new technology or new materials or new things, but maybe you didn't do the due diligence to look at the, the significant health risks, but particularly when it's long term, because, yeah, you can do a study for one year, two years, three years, but a lot of the stuff takes 10, 20, 30 years to show up. When you get when you yep. die of asbestos poisoning, you don't die of asbestos poisoning like you don't you know eat some asbestos and then die the next day. That stuff may not show up till twenty thirty years later. Yep. You know, yep. And, that's, and it's very hard to get the benefits when that happens too. Right. So we talk about all the time, or the or the business community talks about all the time. Well, there's too much regulation. There's too much stuff going on. Which in some cases, sure, we, we, that, that's true. But the reality is, no one else can really help protect us when you think about it, other than laws and regulations to kind of referee the businesses and corporations that come up with these um, brand ideas and brand products and all the things that make our life more convenient. But we need legislation to referee those types of things so that we're not poisoning ourselves slowly. And, you know, and you have, you know, even tobacco industry trying to tell you for years and years and years and decades that tobacco smoke is really not that bad. (laughs) 
And then, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, okay, well, that doesn't sound even sound half right. But because of that financial incentive, you almost, they almost want to believe that they're they have a product that's a wonderful wonderful product. Yes. So, what is yes. legislation being done about trying to referee these businesses and corporations to clean up our environment to, to police these businesses and 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 the tra- contractors and the practices that we do every day that's actually hurting us? Well, there's uh, there is a, uh, a handful of bills that are in the movement, and I'm focusing more that has at least passed one chamber of Congress. Um, so, there is the federal PFAS Research Evaluation Act. And it's past the House. We've got T-minus three weeks um, before it dies in this congressional session. Um, so this one would actually get uh, reports done uh, from the National Academies. And so then that would actually um, do intensive studies on the life cycle information on manufacture and use and disposal of products that contain PFAS. They're going to identify the potential human exposure sources. Um, They're going to do the study of them with uh, fate and transport on the breakdown of their products and pretty much how to dispose of them uh, when they do identify these products and then uh, try to find, study how people are exposed, how people are going to uh, get affected by these different things. And it's, pretty in-depth and there's words that I can't pronounce but I'm trying to summarize for you on that um, so that hopefully will get passed it's past the house past the house we're hoping the Senate um, because it is a uh, it's a Democrat side uh, bill so hopefully with the majority and a, a little sum on the uh, Senate side, that they're going to be able to pass it soon. So that's one of the things that I'm worried about and looking forward to. The other one is preventing a PFAS run, runoff at airports. This one has mm, already passed wow. the House and the Senate. Yeah, this one's already passed the House and the Senate. It's in the resolving differences. So basically there's, um, there's a little bit of issues going on by line, probably things that need to be fixed by a few lawyers, um, periods, verbs because those things can change um, funding significantly depending on how it's worded. So that's one of the things that's happened. And then it would actually um, actually provide reimbursements for airports that are eligible for it to actually get the equipment to prevent the runoff of PFAS with the firefighting foam. So this is basically like a rebate or um, just a a benefits program so that airports will file for they can get the reimbursement for doing this and that way it's not out of their pocket as well wow when you mentioned airports i had to say something because i worked at an airport uh, did a, uh, a project at an airport for about seven or eight years got two airports matter of fact we're here in midway mm-hmm. and it's there's a lot of there's a lot of health concerns when it comes to dealing with jet fuel and also dealing with uh, chemicals and things around airports that people don't realize and, that, and really all public transportation even being next to expressways there's a lot of studies that show that this, that this the fumes coming off of exhaust from cars and trucks living near expressways mm-hmm. is all kinds of health risks and health uh, issues that pop up around the residents around those areas and re- and even around airports. This is my own personal. I don't want to go into too much detail because it is a very technical and um, and specific topic 
and you don't want to alarm people and make and give people the wrong ideas because we know how the internet works and we know how uh, you know uh, how word of mouth works. People start talking about yeah. stuff and they start spreading things that aren't true, and then they start saying stuff and exaggerating things. But the fact, a real fact, I can say, um, not going into uh, secondhand information or whatever, but a real fact from firsthand experience. I used to see a lot of and interview a lot of residents around um, airports um, here in Illinois. And I, I, one thing that struck me and the people and my partner was that we found an, a high incidence and this incredibly weird stuff going on where people were sick. People that lived in the area for many, many, many years, sometimes second generation, were just, I mean, somebody, okay, this person committed suicide in this place. This person has cancer. That person has cancer. This person has some kind of weird disease. This person has this other weird disease. And it's like, okay, you're seeing tons and tons of people over and over again. And every time you turn around, on a very consistent basis, there's a, there was a huge correlation between people that lived around airports and around public transportation and high yeah. uh, correlations to serious and deadly disorders, particularly cancer and other types of weird, this rare, extremely rare diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like the burn pits with specific lung cancers that are so very rare. There's it's I completely believe it. There's the same about those that live around oral wells and oral rigs. Um, not many people may know this, but I mean, if you've ever been in out west and especially L.A., L.A. has at least three I know of oil rigs that are in urban areas. And there's actually cancer clusters around those areas wow so it's yeah it's really scary when those things are up going on there i get angry with the epa when i read these things so yes those things can happen i used to work in the trucking world and i was around those fumes a lot and a lot of people do get sick from it um and it's it's pretty scary when you think about it and so with those things we just have to be with our due diligence of looking things up, looking the legitimate reports up, mm-hmm. and making sure that it is well-researched. Um, some of the things that I have problems with, at least for the consumer confidence reports, that's for the military, they do their own studies. And personally, I when they do their own studies and investigations and things like that, I have a little bit of a lower confidence yeah. with it. Yeah. And so it's always best to try to get an outside source with those type of things. So trying to Speak to your congresspeople about this on trying to tell them what you believe, what you think, and what's important to you as a constituent, because they'll listen, and those type of things will hopefully sink in, and they do make it to uh, congressional hearings and congressional bills. Right. I even think about guys on aircraft carriers, you know, the, you know this mm-hmm. is my work around airports, like thinking about people that work on aircraft carriers and the types of, of protection equipment they probably should be wearing. Particularly yeah. when they're breathing all of that, uh, that that you know, that jet fuel, and those planes coming off and on, those jets coming off and on, yeah. that, that carrier all day long. Yeah, I used to I used to work on ships with uh, loading um, army equipment on ships, and in those stow holds, we were in Kuwait, so then the vents could only run at half strength because it was so hot that the engines would burn out. So um, we can so the ventilation still wasn't that great. Cause it's 140 degrees. Hmm. It ten more inside the ship, and then all this fuel and um, exhaust happening inside those places. Yeah, I get myself checked hmm. <laughs> multiple times. Oh, to bring up uh, follow on for the burn pits. Uh, all veterans that you qualify with the burn pits in Gulf War, 
you can get a voluntary screening test for all things that they do identify that is associated and presumptive to burn pits and Gulf War. So call your primary care doctor, get that exam done. That way you can do all the screening that you have uh, concerns with, and they'll get things ordered and tested. Man, I appreciate you coming on our show again and once again giving us great information. I think it's so critical that we learn these things. And stuff, like I said, these are things that we take for granted every single day, and they're not just specific to the veteran community. These are actually things that affect families um, that live around bases, families that live around major airports or things along those lines, any place where even corporations and businesses downstream from a, a chemical plant, whatever it might be. These are things we have to take serious and talk to our legislators about. Appreciate you for doing this. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. As always, Stephanie, Veterans Legislative Voice, brings the information with the resources mm-hmm. and lay it down unapologetically. <laughs> <laughs> bravo, lady. Bravo. Thank you. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family. You too. And all of you guys, Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.